Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the Chief Love Officer at LastFirstDate.com. I am the dating and love coach for women over 40 who want to attract and sustain a lasting, loving, healthy relationship. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have a wonderful show coming up today. I'm going to be speaking with author, teacher, and speaker, Daniela Blechner, about how to identify and stop dating Mr. Wrong so you can start dating Mr. Right. As a dating coach, it is my mission to help women over 40 recognize the qualities of a good guy and learn the relationship skills that it takes to make love last. Most women who come to me for support are amazing mothers and they're very successful in the workforce, but they do have challenges in how to attract and sustain a relationship with a good man. One of the mistakes that I notice over and over again is that women who grew up in the 60s and have achieved a high degree of success in their career through a lot of hard work and it was not easy to achieve the level of equality that we have achieved in the workplace. Unfortunately, those women might be bringing that same competitive edge to dating and that can totally turn off the men that they are most attracted to. It puts them in the friend zone or worse. And I used to think that men would be very attracted to me if they knew how crazy busy I was. This is such a common mistake. And once you understand what doesn't work in dating, you can easily make a few small changes in how you present yourself on your dates. These types of mistakes can really sabotage your dating success. And the problem is that it's really hard to see your dating behavior when you're too close to the situation. I want you to find a wonderful man and to achieve a lasting, loving relationship. And that's why I have created a free guide for you. I explain the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around so you can find lasting love. That's my gift to you, and if you want your copy, all you have to do is go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on the homepage because I want you to go on your last first date. Um, I don't know where Daniela is. She is not on the call yet. She's calling in from England, so I'm a little concerned. I'm just going to send her a quick message and see if she's having trouble calling in. Um just hang on one second. And here we go. Okay. So uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Daniela, and hopefully she'll join the call in time for this episode. So Daniela Blechner is an author, teacher, and speaker. She is passionate about empowering women through the sharing of stories. After a decade of her own dating disasters, she decided to claim her story and use it to empower others. Her book, Mr. Wrong, is about uniting, inspiring, and empowering other people. She wrote a book and I've um, about how to find Mr. Wright, um, and she shared many stories and very interesting stories. 
about uh, from women who had dated really dated dating disasters, and I actually it was um, it was interesting to read the stories that the women shared and. Uh, maybe while we're waiting for Daniela to join the call, I will read you a story from one of the one of the people who shared stories. And people sent in stories from all over the world. Um, so first, she she shares some of the Mr. Wrongs. So I'm going to go over that with you. And um, hang on. So. Um, there are a few Mr. Wrongs that she describes. So here's how to identify Mr. Wrong. There's what she calls Mr. Drifter. He is a person who wears a glazed expression and a permanent yet annoyingly content smile. And he strolls instead of walking. He often nods his head and closes his eyes. And he... When he exits a relationship, his movement is like a piece of driftwood floating in on a canal. Uh, it looks like I got a message. Okay, she got the time mixed up. Okay, let's see. I don't see Daniela. Um, okay, let me send her the number again. I'm sorry about this. Sometimes when we have a time change, um, somebody's calling in from another country, it can get confusing. Um, so, um, okay, so Mr. Drifter is, um, he's often quiet. He says things like, I'll do it in a minute. I don't know really, and how did I get here? Um, so I guess this is the type of guy who, and, and men, if you're listening to this call, it's um, applicable to you also because women have the same traits as Mr. Wrong. There's also Miss Wrong. So um, these are guys who kind of don't really take charge of their lives, um, and uh, they they are finding themselves. They're kind of flaked out. Uh, so these are people who you should stay away from because they're really not sure of who they are and you, in order to be in a healthy relationship, you have to be with somebody who knows themselves. Then there's Mr. Dreamer. Um, he has a refined glow about him, a dashing smile, and hypnotic eyes. So he is the kind of guy who's really smooth, and he's a smooth talker. Uh, he's not sincere. So stay away from him. Then there's Mr. Surfer. He wears a happy-go-lucky smile and a placid expression. And his typical phrases are, we can talk about it later, hon. We don't need to talk about it right now. And what do you mean I'm surfing all over your feelings? The Mr. Surfer dude is a guy who doesn't want to talk about it. Um, and I have to say that even at this age, and women are in their 40s, they tend to get involved with people who don't... Um, they're not they're not really talking about relationship and then they live on a on the dream of a relationship instead of really confronting the issue right away. Uh, anyway, so Daniela's still having trouble getting through. And uh so let's talk about another 
type, and that's Mr. Loose Eye. And that's pretty self-explanatory. He is the guy who's looking at other women all the time. He is not really that interested in you. Um, so these are pretty pretty easy to spot, although a lot of people miss them and give lots of excuses for them. Then there's Mr. Workaholic, and this is a problem at any age where there are people who just prioritize work and not you. So stay away from people who don't prioritize a relationship. It's really about a balance. And then there's Mr. Serial Liar. Uh, there are a lot of people who lie, and, and if you're really paying attention, it's easy to spot the liars because they, uh, they, their words and actions don't line up. Um, I mean, I've spotted liars on an online dating profile, you know, within a minute or two. Um, so if, you, if you're really paying attention, you can really hear the difference between a person who is telling the truth and a person whose lies start to pile up. Then there's what she calls Mr. X Factor. He is always talking about his ex, or he is still connected to his ex, and a lot of people don't, uh, they just don't um, don't get over their ex, and that's, that's a problem. So you need somebody who's emotionally available. Uh, okay, then we have Mr. Parasite. Okay, Mr. Parasite, he looks really good on the outside, but he is really a person who is, not really what he says he is. So um, there's a, like a whole other side to him that you can't see. And his typical phrases are, I'm not blaming you, but it's your fault. Or we need to talk, You're, you've upset me again. Um, he also says, I don't ask for this drama, you made me do it. Um, so he's a blamer. And there's a lot of people who love to blame people for the things that go wrong in relationships. And um, and that's a problem. So we need to stay away from people who are not good for us. And um, these men are unavailable. They're emotionally unavailable. They're sometimes physically unavailable. And they, when you're in a relationship with them, they either move too slowly, they move too quickly, they don't move at all. Um, so these are part of the problems. So I'm going to talk about some of the things that Daniela shared in her book are First loves. And when you think about the first relationship that you've ever had, it tells you a lot about the relationships that you're going to have. And I can still remember my first love, and it was a relationship that went on and on for seven years, I think, from the age of 13 when I first had a crush on this guy. And at 16, we finally got together. And I stayed with him on and off until I was about 21. And that relationship was pretty toxic um, for me. I mean, it was my first love, but it really was such an unclear relationship. So I don't know which of the types of the uh, bad boys that Daniela describes, but Mr. Mr. Toxic, who I was totally addicted to, he never said he loved me. He never told me I was beautiful. He never really uh, gave me any kind of confirmation that I was the only one in his life. And I didn't have the relationship skills or the sense of worth, of sense of self-worth to ask him those questions or to 
even bring up the tough conversations, and I think that's such an important piece, that we need to be able to ask questions. And I encourage my clients from the very start to just say, what are you looking for? And make sure you're both on the same page. So, I mean, this it's typical of first relationships, of first love, of young love, that we don't know ourselves well and we put up with a lot of stuff that we wouldn't... When we get older, hopefully, but that some of us still keep making these mistakes. So... I'm going to read you uh, one of the stories, and this is from Holly in Birmingham, England, and she's 29. And her story is called, Mr. Dreamer is Not My Superman. I met my first love at a theme park. I was a late starter at 19 and hadn't had a proper boyfriend before. He oozed confidence and charm, and I was swept away with the magic of it all. He was out with his friend, and I was out with mine. And we teamed up to go on the most adventurous and scariest rides, with me, of course, sitting next to him, gripping onto his arm. Little did I know that this would be a metaphor for our relationship. And actually, Daniela just joined us. Daniela? Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Oh, my God. Hello. Hi. I've been reading from your book and uh I'm talking about I'm I'm glad you finally figured out how to how to join the call. Um, no worries. Um so I'm reading the My Dreamer is not my Superman um story. So um oh, I yeah. got up to the part that um she didn't know that the whole roller coaster ride was going to be a metaphor. Can you sum up that story for our listeners and just tell us why that relationship isn't going to work. I don't know if you remember exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. So he's based on one of the um, Mr. Wrong characters, so the Mr. Dreamer character, who kind of comes in full force, you know, all these kind of really uh, quick promises and silky words, and it's a bit like a roller coaster relationship because you kind of think you know where you are, and then you get to the end of the ride and they're completely gone. So this um, guy kind of came into her life as if he was her superhero. And classic um, trait. So it comes in like a superhero, promises all these things, a really exciting ride. And then um, I think she finds out that he, he basically cheats on her and the relationship's gone up and down. And mm-hmm. um, she finds herself going for these sort of same sorts of men, the same sort of the kind of men who promise everything, really, you know, delivering everything at once and then disappear after the same month marker. And then she realised, actually, what I'm looking for is just an everyday man. And I think with, with these kind of stories, a lot of the women kind of went for this kind of like, you know, fast ride, exciting, adrenaline, you know, everything's fantastic, but actually missed the good men who are right in front of them, who are actually sometimes just the, the ordinary the ordinary guy who was a superhero mm-hmm. in disguise. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a really good point, Daniela, because it's, it's so common that the exciting man or woman is more attractive. It's um, mm. They want somebody who's going to entertain them. And, in fact, uh, people write all the time on their online dating profiles that they want to go toe-to-toe with somebody with witty banter and, you know, really, mm. you know, be like having like a sitcom almost, you know, and that's like that's yeah. not real life. And it actually, no. most of that witty banter is sarcasm. It's it's not really 
kind or connecting. And that's mm-hmm. really how I had a lot of my earlier relationships. So, um, yeah. so, so, yeah. So they're missing the good guys. So, um, yeah. so what can what can they do? Well, let's let's talk about some other reasons why women continually mm-hmm. attract Mr. Wrong. So they're looking for exciting men. And yeah, um, I mean, there's, there's yeah, there's lots of different uh, reasons really. Um, I mean, the, the inspiration first behind the book was that, you know, myself, I'm a self-confessed decade of dating disasters that I've had in the past. Right. But also I had lots of friends in my 30s who were kind of bumping into the wrong sort of man. They, you know, they're beautiful, vivacious, supportive, great jobs, independent, and all these kind of wonderful qualities that they're just attracting the same sort of man. And I, it kind of made me want to do a bit of an exploration because I believe that if you attract the same sort of situations, the same sort of people into your life, then it's a message that we need to kind of look within and see what's going on. So I went into this mm-hmm. exploration, sort of discovering that the, the inner, the working. So sometimes it can be, you know, wanting that adrenaline, wanting that um, excitement. Uh, it could also be the fact that a lot of women who attracted men with issues or problems or men who weren't healed from their past were, you know, we're natural healers and we're natural givers and we're natural kind of nurturers. And so a lot of these women had taken these men under their wings Um you know, and, and try to look, try to be their mum in a sense. And when they kind of got on their feet, they, they left them, <laughs> and so they therefore left mm-hmm. the women wounded. Um, so the element of that, um, some of the women I spoke to had absent fathers, and so were looking for men to kind of fill that role. And again, that goes back to that idea that it's almost impossible to find a fulfilling, lasting, successful, meaningful relationship if you're not coming into that as a whole person. Um, so a lot of um, the, the kind of ethos behind Mr. Wrong is it's not a man bashing book at all. It's not bas- it's not a sort of man berating book. It's actually looking mm-hmm. at why, what we can learn from our past, what we can learn from our experiences, and what we can learn about ourselves in order to let go and move into a positive, into a more positive path. So yeah, there's lots of different reasons why people attract you know the wrong sort of men and you know and Mrs. Wrongs into their life. Yeah, and I, before you got on the call, I did say that men who are listening to this call that it's it's just as appropriate <laughs> for them because men choose the wrong partners exactly. too, and but, people do have yeah. pat- partner patterns that they repeat over and over. So you do need mm. to deconstruct your patterns to find out what are you doing over and over, and mm. how can you undo the damage. So some of it, like you said, if you had an absent father or or some people have just it's a relationship with their family of origin that mm. needs to somehow heal, um, whether you're doing yeah. it through therapy or whatever. Um, because what happens is, and I learned this as I became a dating coach, is that we tend to choose partners who are so similar to that parent that we had issues with. <laughs> and we use them as uh, as a way mm. to fix the problem in our original relationship with our parents. And yeah. unless you heal that on your own, you're going to keep trying somehow to get that relationship to be fixed and it's almost impossible yeah. to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I agree. So so let's talk about um what what would you tell women who continu- continually do attract uh the wrong men um or the men who attract the wrong women, what what can they do <laughs> to start to break those patterns? Them. Yeah. Um, take some time out. Forget dating. Forget jumping from one experience to the other. Just really take some time out and get to know yourself 
Um, you know, in my 20s, I thought I knew myself. I had a strong, I've always had a sort of strong sense of self. But actually, when I look back at, you know, even six, seven, eight years ago, or even a few years ago, I didn't fully know myself to the point where I, I can say that I, I really understand who I am at this point. Um, you know, strengths, weaknesses, everything that kind of that, that makes up me as a person. And I'm, I'm still learning um, my reactions, all those sorts of things. But really sort of take time to get to know yourself. And as you're getting to know yourself, to learn how to, it's easy to say to somebody, you know, love yourself, know your own worth and value. But I think, you know, it's, it's something you have to experience you have to experience your own worth and you have to experience your own value and I saw something on your Facebook wall actually the other day that completely resonated with me and it's that our validation we need to learn especially as women that our validation does not and is not defined by the man by our side or you know the parent in our life or the friend in our life it's it's completely and utterly up to us how we define ourselves and we you know if we look at ourselves we're already whole and we're already loved and we we validate who we are as, as women and when we're seeking to look externally for that, um, we're always going to be losing a part of ourselves. We're always going to be dependent on somebody else to, you know, somebody else's approval or permission to be who we are, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that's one of the most key things, I think, in healing is to know that you can validate yourself and you must validate yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I have clients who still who still go there and they're in their late 50s, early 60s, and they they still want a man to validate them. And so they'll write mm-hmm. a, an email to a man on an online dating site and the first and what's going on in their ha- heads is I hope he doesn't reject me. I hope he likes me. And my goal for them and the work that we do is to have them say, I hope I like him. I hope that That's he's it. the kind of That's guy that it. I'm going to want to date, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a real mindset shift, and it requires yeah. a lot of inner work. And um, that's mm-hmm. why the you know the way I coach clients is never about you know just follow all these rules and everything's mm-hmm. going to work out. And you do the same. You <laughs> you really talk about self reflection, and I think that's really mm-hmm. terrific because it's really really important. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, that, that, that's why I really wanted to write the book because I've, I've read a lot of books that tell you how to be, what to do to get a man, what to do, how to change your behaviour and, and uh, you know, what to wear, what to think, what to say to attract the right man. But there's nothing that actually teaches you how to reflect, how to love yourself in order to pave that way and let go of your stuff in order to pave that way to, you know, attract the right person into your life. Because exactly as you said, I think... If we understood the power of our thoughts and the power we're more conscious in terms of the power of our our words, um, we'd have a much better understanding of ourselves and why we kind of bring certain things into our life. And so I really wanted to create a book that had had a bit of humour, but also shared the stories of women, but also had had the chance to kind of you know do exercises and look at self reflection and, and do a bit of inner work as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And, yeah, I, I heard about self-love for years, and I didn't really understand it either. It just, you know, it sounded like <laughs> empty words. Because you yeah. do need the practical. I mean, that's that's what attracted me to becoming a coach, because it's very accountable, and it's very practical, mm-hmm. and it's goal-oriented, and you, you do make progress, because yeah. you have exercises that you do, rather than just saying to somebody, hey, just go ahead and change. Um, yeah. I mean, I've worked with people who, I, when I was trying to get over my fear of public speaking, I worked with a speaking coach, and she said to me, just get over your fear. You know, you've been like this since yeah. I met you. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> exactly. Well, <I'm> out, no. 
know. Um, so um, you talk about forgiveness, and that was a, it's also a hard yeah. concept for a lot of people. Um, so yeah. can you talk a little bit about what you mean by forgiving, like an ex, and yeah. um, and how why it's so important in in moving on yeah. to have relationships yeah. with others. Well, for me, I found forgiveness is the most powerful and most important. Is for me, actually, I think it's the key to life. I really do think it's a key to kind of just being like to letting go and allowing more positive things to come into your life. Because I, and I'm very much a believer in energy. And I did um, a healing course a few years ago, and I was taught a forgiveness meditation. Now, I was at a stage where I had, you know, a huge migraine, um, you know, my back and my neck were absolutely killing. You know, I'd gone through an experience with somebody and it'd been sort of nearly 10, 11 months that I hadn't spoken to this person and I just could not let it go. And it wasn't until I was at the bus stop that I, I felt myself, you know, staring at this tree. I, I really sort of became conscious of myself. I was staring at a tree and as I was staring at the tree, the same kind of words were going through my mind, you know, oh, you know, I'm a victim and how could this have happened and it's not fair and why me, what's wrong with me and blah, blah, blah. You know how we beat ourselves up over and over and uh-huh. over again. And, you know, then you start constructing what you're going to say to this person when you finally say them and how you're going to say it and, you know... And I just thought, is this helping me? Is this serving me any purpose? No, it's not. I've got to learn to become more conscious of my thoughts. And how do I start to let go of them? Because at the moment, the reality is, all I need to worry about is getting on this bus and going to work and actually being conscious and aware in my day. You know, because I'd realised mm-hmm. I'd spent however many months at this bus stop not taking in anything that's going on around me and just being in my head. I suddenly realised that actually what I'm doing is I'm... I'm slowly poisoning myself. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I'm I'm making myself ill. Um, the person could be walking around as light as a feather, or they might be walking around really upset themselves. It it really doesn't matter. But um, I knew that I was making myself ill. And actually, there's a saying here I've got on my wardrobe, which is holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I so, love that saying. It's one of my favorites. Ah, <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, something said to me, right, look, on the way back from work, I was having the same thoughts. I thought, right, something said to me, right, you have to go to the park and do this forgiveness meditation. I really didn't want to, but I felt quite ill at this point. I sat down and I did it, and I let go, and I kind of wrote down how I wanted, you know, to feel at the end of it and how I wanted things to go in terms of reaching a great understanding of each other. And so what I did is I lit a candle and, um, you know, I wrote this out. I forgot about it, went to bed because I was quite tired after I did the meditation. It's only about five minutes. And then literally after about 10, 11 months, uh, the next day, the person rang. <laughs> and they apologised for every single thing that it was that I'd felt aggrieved by. But by that time, I was so full of, I'd let it go. It was all that stuff I'd been walking around for so long. It was just like, oh, and all I needed to say was, it's okay. You know, thank you. I appreciate it. And, mm. you know, I didn't need to be right. I didn't need to be angry. I didn't need to say, you know, all the things I'd constructed for months. <laughs> just I realised mm-hmm. that actually it was a process of letting go that sets me free and um oh, yeah. yeah so now i use that with, with everything and the workshops i do and you know i think that that's definitely the first step to healing i think that's brilliant and it's it's so important i think that a lot of people hold on to that anger because they think it's mm. it's um if they let go that the other person is winning and that's not true at all um oops looks like we lost you, Daniela. Um, 
we only have a few minutes left. I hope Daniela calls back. Um, but holding on to anger is definitely not winning. It's it's losing. And like Daniela said, um, when you hold on to anger, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. It is so toxic to you. And I recently had an experience where somebody was um, somebody wrote a very angry. Uh, actually, a very spiteful article um, that was about me, and it wasn't. It didn't, thank God, use my name, but it a complete misunderstanding of my character and misrepresentation of me. And my first thought was, I wanted, I wanted to let him know how I feel and get, you know, and and give him a piece of my mind and let him know that he misrepresented me and how I felt about it. And then I realized after talking it out with some friends and people who I really respected that that was not something that I wanted to do or waste any more of my energy doing uh, or even thinking about because that would mean that I really cared about what he said and I wanted to just let it go. It was more about him than me. And I know who I am. And I think that's an important message to leave you with, that you know who you are and you know your worth. And it doesn't matter what somebody else says or does. You move on. That person isn't right for you. So I want to thank Daniela Blackner for coming on the show today. You can find her at Daniela, that's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A, Blackner, B-L-E-C-H-N-E-R.com. Um, and her book, Mr. Wrong, Learn from Mr. Wrong and Claim Mr. Right. Um, I recommend that you purchase that book if you're trying to break your toxic patterns. And uh, thank you all for listening today, and I hope that you all have go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.